Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we're back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, y'all know I can't do any podcast episode without thanking you all for listening. So thank you for listening, boo friend. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land since 2016, you've lent me your ears, and I really appreciate that. So for those who don't know, I'm on a 68-day podcast marathon and sexually inspired, as they usually are. We are doing different ways to finish the year, the Gregorian year, as healthy as possible. So if you missed any of those episodes, tap in with your girl, okay? I started on today. <laughs> if you're listening to this on October 25th, I started on October 25th. So if you're listening to this afterwards, you might want to tap in because I'm going every single day, sometimes twice a day. Um, until I feel like stopping. So because October is still domestic or National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I wanted to sprinkle in some more episodes about different types of abuse so that we could be more aware and vigilant. Um, and today I wanted to talk about spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is something that people, and again, like like financial, like emotional, and like, um, again, like spiritual, it's a little difficult to catch sometimes because we are not necessarily taught the signs of these kind of things. I know when I was in my eighth and ninth grade health classes, we were more so taught about physical abuse and a little bit of, you know, emotional abuse, but not quite all the different types of abuse that can coexist at one time. For those that don't know, different types of abuse can happen simultaneously. There are folks that um, can be physically abused, sexually abused, financially abused, spiritually abused, and emotionally abused. There are some folks that can be emotionally abused, and financially abused. It, it, it happens in different ways depending on the situation, but it is a possibility. And I want people to be very aware of that. Domestic violence is a very important topic to me. I lost some people close to me over the years to domestic violence. And um, I, I want to make sure that I use my platform to inform folks to be aware of the signs so that they can keep themselves safe. And with spiritual abuse, and because I'm spiritual homegirl, I remember witnessing a period from September, eh, around September 2015 to 2018, where there were some spiritual and religious leaders, people that were respected and and had some leverage within the, the online communities, taking advantage of that power in manipulating and abusing their followers. And I did not find that cool at all. I thought that was... I thought that was terrible. And although we're talking about this from a domestic violence perspective, I also want to touch on that too, because some things can be very similar between some of the folks in certain communities. Um, and when I say certain, I don't mean like this is not where I'm I'm alluding to certain types of folks. I'm not saying that either. Um, as abuse knows, no denomination, no faith system, no religious system, no spiritual belief system. It doesn't target just one. There is no perfect victim when it comes to domestic violence it, it knows no socioeconomic status no education status it can affect any community it could affect any spiritual community it could affect any religious community it could affect any kind of community so um this won't be that kind of episode where i'm alluding to abusive systems um because you know that's that's just not my thing so Unless they're out of pocket, but I haven't I haven't done a call out episode in a while. <laughs> so I just wanted to make that very clear. When it comes to a environment outside of 
a partnership, right? Because sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you could tell when it comes to intimate partner violence, it's pretty obvious sometimes. But sometimes it's harder to detect even with a community sense because the culture is so toxic, you might not realize it until you're already involved and you're already invested. So some of the things that you might hear, they might remind you of some of the things you might have gone through. Or you might have heard about in a community sense, but the behavior is similar in the sense of it all being rooted in power and control. Because that's what that's what abusers or people who perpetuate abusive behaviors like to move within. How can they manipulate? How can they gain power and control over another person to make them do things or to feel like they are less than or to feel like they are subjugated by that perpetrator? subordinate to that perpetrator so how can they psychologically condition them not to fight back or not to defend themselves or not to value themselves again power and control so some signs you may be aware or may want to be aware of is when an abusive partner ridicules or insults the other person's religious or spiritual beliefs. Now, I know some folks are just natural jokesters. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying devaluing and belittling someone, attempting to even use humor even. You can tell when something's a joke and when something's not a joke. Some jokes you can laugh with, some jokes you don't feel right. That's when you feel like it's an attack. Whatever that is, when it starts feeling like an attack, that is the, that's the sign you need to look out for. I remember one time I had a hair wrap on. And I was walking, <laughs> I was walking through, what was it, Little Five? Somebody was like, all right, Erica Badu. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, all right. Like, you know, I didn't really trip on it because it was like, you know, whatever. I love Erica Badu. No, no, no issue. But it's a difference between a little jokey joke here and there. And again, everyone has different levels of tolerance for that too. So if an Erica Badu joke would have offended you, then by all means, be offended. Um, but when it comes to you know, something where they are calling you like a voodoo witch because you like to burn candles. They call you the devil because you have tarot cards. Um, they call you, what, what was the thing? That could be, yeah, that could be considered abusive. Where they demonize whatever you believe. That can be abusive. Also, another sign is preventing the other person from practicing their religious or spiritual beliefs. Hiding texts, hiding candles, hiding their license so they can't go to service, um, hiding their keys so they can't go anywhere for classes, Bible study, whatever it is. Any type of prevention from you being able to go and do what you need to do to get your spirit fed. That's a sign to look out for as well. Another sign is using the partner's religious or spiritual beliefs to manipulate or shame them. Now, I want to also add with using religious texts and beliefs to try to justify abusive behavior or to minimize the minimize the concerns that person experiencing the abuse may have. That's the thing I see most. With the folks that I work with. For those who don't know, I work with um, domestic violence survivors and I have for some years now. And again, this topic is very close to me because, you know, of some of the personal losses that I've witnessed from folks with domestic violence. 
But that has been, if, and when it comes to spiritual abuse, that has been the main one. The main one. Finding ways to manipulate, again, rooted in power and control, psychological conditioning. Finding ways to manipulate certain spiritual contexts, certain texts, religious or spiritual texts to justify the behavior. The worst one I saw or heard of was a person. Matter of fact, I think I talked about this um, in a podcast episode where I called someone to the carpet about that, about spiritual elitism. But it can also happen in an intimate partner um, perspective when that person may say, well, you must have done something so bad in your past life that you deserve me treating you this way to teach you a lesson in this lifetime. I've heard things like that be used as quote unquote justifiable excuses, which they're not, to make it okay to treat someone poorly or treat someone abusively that way. That's some BS. If anybody's ever told you that, they lied to you. They lied to you. If anyone ever used a verse in a scripture or a passage in a spiritual book or a concept in a spiritual text to justify treating you abusively, it was a lie. That's not what it said. They just wanted to tell you that's what it said so they could find a way to make it fit the behaviors and the agenda that they're trying to do, which was subjugate you. They wanted you to be under their will. They wanted you to be under their control. And most times we don't catch it, right? And the reason why most times we don't catch it is because we're so busy trying to be obedient And we're trying to do something new. We're trying to find peace. We're trying to find the true desires of our heart and how we can elevate and ascend this plane to be the best people we could be spiritually, emotionally, and physically that will think that accepting this abusive behavior is okay under the guise of of obedience. It's not obedience. It's abuse. If anybody ever tells you to do that in terms of letting someone abuse you and sometimes Some of those communities, whether religious or spiritual, they're not safe ones because sometimes you'll reach out for help. Prime safety plan tactic. Who can you talk to? Who can you call for support? Sometimes the folks that are there calling for support will tell them, go work it out. Go deal with that person. They'll find ways to justify it too because that's that's what they were taught. So you're reaching out for help. Meanwhile, they're telling you to accept the abuse. And they're justifying the abuser, perpetuating the behavior because that's a part of the manipulation on their end. They're also being manipulated. That's why I always say, if you're going to safety plan when it comes to spiritual abuse. If you can't trust and there's some people that you can't trust in your communities with your faith based communities, you know, religious or spiritual. But if you can't. Always have three people outside of that community that you could call for support in case that don't work out. Because for some people, that could literally be the difference between life or death. Another sign of abuse that you may want to look out for is if y'all have children, right? And y'all have a partnership and one partner wants to raise their child or their children, a particular religion or, or a spiritual faith. And the other person disagrees and then they start raising that child or those children under that faith anyway, that is also another sign to look out for. There's nothing wrong with being interfaith. 
I think it's great, personally. However, because um, I have heard situations where, and I've had, I've, I know folks who, you know, they got a Muslim parent, they got a Christian parent, they got a Christian parent, they got a spiritual parent, they got a Buddhist parent, they got a, a spiritual parent, um, a Buddhist parent, um, a parent that practices Ifa, but they have a compromise to where they have an agreement. And I don't know the inner workings of that because that's a business, but they have an agreement to where they will make decisions together as to how their children will be raised with respect to their spiritual or religious belief systems. But when you have one person on one end and another person on the opposite end, they're not agreeing. And then one of those folks decides to raise those children in that faith anyway, and there's a disagreement that's going to lead to problems. So that's another sign to look out for. So before I wrap up today's episode, I just want to put this on your, on your heart. Does your knowledge of obedience require you to be disrespected. There is a difference between being self-aware and holding yourself accountable. That's a completely different scenario than being disrespected and being harmed. And if your obedience requires you being disrespected, humiliated, shamed, embarrassed, ridiculed, or harmed, you might want to sit with whether that community that is perpetuating that behavior or your partner is perpetuating that behavior is safe for you. And if you're needing some resources on this, I always encourage people to call the domestic violence hotline. If you have a computer, you know, or you have Safari on your phone or, you know, whatever browser is on your smartphone, you can go to thehotline.org, like T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E.org. Or you can call 800-799-7233. Again, 800-799-7233. Okay, so this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, boo friend, trust the journey, trust yourself. And whatever you do, do it safe and do it with love. Okay, love y'all. Peace.